Welcome to this week's podcast at Bergen Park Church from Evergreen, Colorado. We hope you enjoy this message, and if you'd like to hear any more or learn more about the church, please visit bergenparkchurch.org. Well, if you're visiting, <laughs> we are not a perfect church. You know, I've heard someone say a number of times, a pastor that I dearly love, You know, someone can tell you of your sin, but until you see it, you really can't, you can't own it. And I think as churches, we believe in the doctrine of sin until sin shows up. And then the question becomes, how do we respond? And as a church, we have the anchor point. We have Christ. And I want to say I'm deeply grateful for the opportunity that This church has afforded us. We've been in ministry for 26 years, going back to 1995 when we were just kids. And this is the first time a church has offered us this opportunity to to step away and just simply to focus on personal renewal, personal growth. And I know that's necessary for us. For us to be strong, to lead well, we need to sometimes step away and say, Lord, I need to... I need to allow you to work within us, and that's, that's where we are. And I hope when we come back in, in three months that we'll have that opportunity to share, to express the challenges that we've walked through. I think that's the right time. But in the meantime, I really want to encourage you, this is not the time to pull back. This is the time to press in. Jonah is a tremendous brother, a tremendous leader. He's going to need your support. Stephen, our staff, are going to need your support. If we want Bergen Park Church to be a light on a hill, this is the opportunity for us, each individually, to say, how can I step in? How can I serve? How can I love? How can I care? How can we be what God has called us to be as the, the body of Christ? And so I encourage you, Would you please just take that opportunity and just ask the Lord, Lord, how do you want me to step in? Because we love you and we need your help. You know, if church was about what we did on Sunday morning and just like in this little space, it wouldn't be transformative. Music alone is not enough. Just a a great message and a great communicator is not enough. It's It's the body of Christ. And see, when we forget that, and I think COVID has taken a lot of that out of us, that we've forgotten what church is. And honestly, if I could say, like during the midst of COVID, church became content. I don't know if you felt that way. It's like you can get great content from churches all across the United States, all across the globe. And when church becomes about content, it becomes about me. And finding the best content possible. But see, church isn't about content. It's not just about the leadership. It's about the body of Christ. It's Christ in us, which is the hope of glory. And it's us seeking to serve, to love, to care for one another so that this community could say, there is a light, there is a hope, there is a joy, and I see it in this, in this place. Hey, I'm going to jump into a passage this morning. It was challenging this week trying to find the right right place to land, and and I think for me at least, this is where I found myself 
And so I wanna go to 1 Peter chapter two. And the reason I wanna go there as we turn into this new year and also as we think of where we are headed as a church, what does it look like to go through a process of renewal? What does growth look like? How can we anchor ourselves into those things that heal, those things that redeem, those things that last? And then how can we set aside those things that are broken, those things that tear apart, those things that will not bring life? And in 1 Peter chapter 2, I think Peter gives us this beautiful picture of who Christ is. And then our process as individuals, but also, listen, as communities, as we evaluate, as we look internally, as we start to see the stuff that's in us, how we can remove those things and put hope, redemption, and restoration back in its place. And so let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. So put away all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up into your salvation if indeed you have tasted the Lord is good. Now as you come to him, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by men but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, the cornerstone a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Now they stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to. But you, Bergen Park Church, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so, beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. This is the word of the Lord. All thanks be to God. Father, in this time that we've set aside, would you, would you sanctify us by the truth, for your word is, is truth. And your word is living and active, Father. It's, but it cuts to heal, it cuts to redeem, it cuts... It cuts from grace. And so, Father, would you teach us this morning in Jesus' name? Amen. So he ends with this. Can you turn that down just a little bit? It seems a little loud for me. Um, he ends with this idea that, that there are desires and passions within us that actually are warring against our soul. that we set our hearts on 
pursuits, desires, those desires actually begin to destroy that which God has created, that which God has given us, the life within us. And there are things that we're pursuing that are warring against our soul. Now, if you go back in verse 1, he actually tells us what some of those desires look like. And he says we need to put away all malice. Malice is the desire to hurt others. Deceit, deceit is the desire to deceive others. Hypocrisy is the desire to hide. Envy is the idea of wanting what somebody else has. And slander really is the only action in this passage, and it's the idea of tearing someone else down with our words. He tells us these are things that we have to throw off. Now, the question you've got to ask is why are they there? They're there because that's where your heart is. It's what your heart is set on. Not that your heart is set on malice or deceit, but our heart, when it's not set on Christ, whether it's set on ourself or set on something else, these passions and desires come along with them. Because see, what you worship determines how you live, and how you live determines the fruit of what is gonna be seen in your life. And when your heart is not set on Christ, it's not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's malice, deceit, envy, slander of every kind. Why? Because my heart isn't set on the fullness of Christ. And he's saying that's the old self. That's not who you are. Now, our culture swims in that. Slander is a virtue today to signal I'm with the right group. Are we going in and out now? I'm having a hard time up here. I'm already nervous. Come on now. Help me out out there. And yet there is there's a solution. And he says, here's the solution in verse 2. He says, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk so that you may grow into your salvation if indeed You've tasted that the Lord is good. You know, you can spend, now first of all, you've got to identify what you need to throw off, but second, if you spend all your time simply trying to manage the brokenness in your life, brokenness wins. If you try to manage sin, sin doesn't get managed out. It gets healed out. It gets redeemed out. And he's telling us your identity is one that you have been born anew. That's the idea of a newborn child. And if God has given you new, this new birth, with that new birth comes new desires. And I don't know a lot about infants. I tried to stay a little bit back and recluse from that. Um, I love my little baby infants, but I like them more at 14 and 17. But infants demand what they need. And they know what they need. And so who they are and what they desire, they're pretty coherent. And if they do not get it, they will cry out. And he's saying, if you're new in Christ, you should desire the things that are from Christ. Now, what does it mean, pure spiritual milk? He's not referencing that idea of milk and meat. It's not the difference between someone that is new in the faith and old in the faith. No, what he's describing is the gospel. Because when you go back to chapter 1, verse 23, he tells us, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but if imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. And when the gospel comes in, what it does is it gives you newness of life. 
And the desires that God wants for us begin to be supplanted in us, but you've got to feed them. You've got to ask yourself, what am I setting my heart on? What am I pursuing? If I'm simply just pursuing the things of the world, the culture of the world, what the world sets before me, then malice, deceit, envy, slander. And in some churches, those attitudes are okay. But not when Christ is our cornerstone. When Christ is our cornerstone, what should come out are the things that reflect Christ. Now, we shouldn't be surprised when stuff comes out that reflects the brokenness of the world or sin because we are not fully redeemed. We're not fully healed. And that's what the body of Christ is for, is to begin to direct us back towards that which will bring healing and hope. And listen, it's not the law. It's not just saying, hey, put away malice, put away deceit. It's no, hey, let's hunger for Christ. And as a church, what we are supposed to be as a community is a body of Christ that so fuels that hunger within one another because each one of us is pursuing Christ together that those around us say, I want that. And I don't have to say put away slander and put away malice and put away envy and put away these things because you want to because you see the people around you and you realize that's the life that you want. It's beautiful. But the question is, are you a part of that solution? Or do we simply just want somebody else to bring that to us? You know, when we do talk about the difference between meat and milk, and I know some people go to church and say, this is a meat church, you know? You've never been to a meat church. Can I explain to you why? When a mother eats, she eats to feed her children. Which means that she takes milk, I mean, she takes meat and she turns it into milk. When scripture says that you're supposed to move beyond milk to meat, it means that you're supposed to take the word in so that you can give it to others. What I'm giving you is what I have processed and I'm giving it back to you. And what he's saying is if you want to grow up into maturity, you've got to take what God has given you and you've got to so own the identity of others and the discipleship of others and the care of others that you're willing to take God's word into you and allow it to go to others so that they might grow up into their salvation, so that they might mature. But the only way we get there is if that hunger and desire is within us. Does that make sense? And so he goes on, and he says, it's not enough. We have to start by what we crave, what we desire. Are we pursuing God's word? Are we allowing the spirit to search us and to know us? And then he goes on to say, if indeed you've tasted the Lord is good, what allows us to come back is the reality of God's goodness, the recognition. It's not just information. I know we're transformed through the renewing of our mind, but information won't change you. It's the information that is based on a relationship with God. It's the relationship that changes us, not the information. And what we need is Christ. And he says, if you've tasted that he is good, you will come back to that which is good. And so the first thing we need to do as a church is to identify the stuff in us. We need to cast off second. We've got to have a hunger for that which is pure from God, his word, his presence. And then watch. I love verse, verse 4. As you come to him. Now, I want you to understand the original Greek. This is a continuous present. It's literally saying as you're coming to him. Do you know how often you're coming to him? At every moment. At every moment that you come to him, as you constantly need to come to him, as you remember you need to come to him, we are constantly coming to Christ. And Paul says in Galatians, you know, the amazing thing is not that you know God. Do you know what's amazing is that he knows us. That's what changes us. And the one that we're coming to is not surprised. 
He's not surprised by the challenge. He's not surprised by the malice and the slander. He's not surprised by the brokenness within us, but he invites us to continually, the Christian life is continually coming to him, continually coming, not allowing shame, guilt, brokenness, and sin to keep us from him, but instead in humility, pouring out our hearts towards him and coming to him. And who is he? Notice he's, he's the stone that's rejected. Our culture is not gonna say Christianity's cool. If you're waiting for the day that church is cool and that Christianity's cool and that our culture says, this is awesome, what you guys are doing, you're amazing, you're not idiots, you're not fools, it's not going to be popular. And so watch out in the churches when you simply look for things that entertain or attractive. It's good to have something that's effective, but if that's all we're looking for, not looking for Christ, we're gonna go out to the world, it's gonna be rejected and we're gonna find ourselves wandering Away, So he says, it's rejected, notice by men, but what is Jesus? He is chosen and he is precious. The question becomes, how do we see Christ? Is it simply through the lens of the world? Or is it through the lens that God has given us? Part of change is in life, in the Christian life, is starting to see things as God sees them. Part of it is seeing you the way that God sees you. Not allowing malice to seed, all those things to keep you from coming, but instead recognizing that as you come, he knows you completely and what he wants to build in you and wants to birth in you is a desire for that which brings healing. And to know that that which you're coming to is chosen and precious. And notice, just as he is chosen and precious, if you're connected to him, therefore you will become chosen and precious. Verse five, you yourselves like living stones are being built into a spiritual house. For what purpose? so that I could have my best life now, so that I can have God come along me and fulfill all my dreams and desires. He says, no, the reason that you've come to him is so that you would be a royal priesthood, chosen, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And notice in, in verse five, to offer, and this is shocking, spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. You don't make them acceptable, Christ does. He's already saying they're acceptable. Now, realize in Romans, the reason the sacrifices we bring are not just money and and our time and our talents. Those are important. It's yourself. The spiritual sacrifice that we offer to God is you are that sacrifice. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices, which means, God, nothing's off limits. Because if you're bringing yourself, I don't know if you know what they did with sacrifices, they took all of it. It's not like they cut off a hoof or an ear. Sacrifice meant everything. And when we give ourselves to God, Jesus said, listen, if you want to find life, you know where it's found? You've got to lose it. But if you lose it for my sake and for the gospel, you will find Life, the sacrifice God wants. Listen, he wants you. And with that comes our time and our treasure and our talents and all of those things, but he wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your identity. He wants to see Christ in you. He wants to see your desires become like his desires. So that why? So that we might be a priesthood. And see, the purpose of a priest is to mediate between God and others. And when you got malice, deceit, envy, slander, you can't mediate anything. 
but division, dissension, fractions, envy. What does this community need? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love your neighbors yourself. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. If someone says, go one mile, hey, let's go two. If someone says, I want your tunic, here's my cloak as well. They need to see Christ. And if we're not a community that craves Christ, if we're not a community that's producing that desire within us to pursue him, and if we're not individuals and small groups and a church that's constantly coming to him, then we cannot be a priesthood that can go to a community that's gonna say, hey, I reject it. Because remember, if Jesus was rejected, they're not gonna necessarily accept us. And so if we go to that community, how are we gonna sustain that? The only way you can do it is by being with Christ. Knowing who we are and being together as that kind of community that says, hey, this is, this is what this world needs. And he goes on and he explains for here's who Jesus is. He is the one Behold, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. The one who believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for those who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, the cornerstone, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and they stumble because they can't see it. They disobey the word. It's also as they were destined to, but you... He says, you are a chosen race. You're a new nation. That word race is ethnos. You're, you're a whole new ethnicity, black, white, even different political parties. I know we're not supposed to say that. That God has brought all together. There's no more Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. What binds us together is Christ. And so we are a new nation. We are a priesthood a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. We are his treasure. Why? Why? So we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful life. That's why Bergen Park Church exists. And listen, God wants to free you. He wants to redeem you. He wants to change you. But ultimately, he changes you so that you might be an element and an instrument of change in the world. We exist to proclaim the excellencies, notice of him who's called us out of what? He's called us out of darkness, and he's still calling us. And the only place that darkness can get exposed is in the light. You know, the scary thing about light is it exposes. You know, that's why John says, hey, when you're in the light, listen, he confess your sins, he's faithful and just. But it's only in the presence of light that sin is able to be exposed and there's an opportunity for confession. We are those who go out into the world. And listen, we're not going out into the world in perfection. No, we recognize our own brokenness. brokenness. But see, what, what compels us is we know where the source of healing is. And we're not going out to the world in strength, our own strength, but rather in the strength that Christ provides and the grace and the forgiveness that he, is, he has given us. Because the reason... The reason we crave, the reason we come to him is so that we might be effective for him. And this is true as, as us as individuals, but it's also true for us as a church. In 2022, what do we want, what do we want to build on?
Will it be that which Christ has given us, God has given us, that he has told us, this is what I want you to feed on to desire? Is that what we're gonna hold up before each one of us? And then as you move into this new month, one of the things that I've probably told you every single January that I've been here is what can you shut off? Because a lot of us say, I don't have time to come to him. Well, you've got time to do whatever it is that you do. And in January, one of the steps that I take every January is to do a media fast, except for yesterday when Baylor was playing and they beat Old Miss. Now listen, there you go. Thank you, guys. And we feel horrible about what happened to the quarterback. That wasn't good, but um, anyways. Have you ever taken a media fast and just said, God, listen, and if, if anything, over this last year, we need to step away from news, step away from media. At least do it in a way that, that we can receive it. What can you step away from? And then as you step away, as you pursue him, who's doing it with you? You know, I know over this last year, if it wasn't for the men that are in my life that are willing to say that's malice. That's deceit, that's envy, that's slander. If it's not for those that are in my life, that's where change happens. It's, it's the community of faith. It's those that love you enough that are willing to confront you, but see, when they confront you, they don't leave you there. They point you back to Christ. They point you back to his grace. They point you back to his forgiveness. They show you that the way you're gonna change is not by just trying harder. The reason you fail is because you need to trust more. And so as we, as we conclude this service today, I, I wanna conclude by celebrating, as the first Sunday of this year, communion together. It's an opportunity for us to renew our faith. If you didn't grab the elements and maybe you didn't know, I want you to know the elements are available in the back. And there's a number of people around you that need to get up and to go grab those. They're also available in the front. But as we do this, it's not so, it's just simply something we add on to the end of the service. Rather, it's something that we use to reflect on where we are, to confess our need for Christ, to repent. They say, Father, search me and know me, know my heart. See if there's anything in me that you want to change. And then after you do that, listen, if God speaks to you in this service, don't walk away without talking to someone. Because those moments of redemption, you know, it says today is the day of salvation, which means when God convicts you, don't assume that he's gonna convict you tomorrow or the next day or next week. That is his grace for us today to respond and allow him to work within us. And so let's take a few moments, allow God to speak to us. Come, Holy Spirit, would you, would you show us the beauty of Christ? in which 
which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. He broke it and gave thanks. And he said, take and eat, for this is my body, which is broken for you. Receive it together in remembrance of him. After supper, he took a cup. He said, this cup, it represents the new covenant. It is established in my blood. Let us receive it in remembrance of him. 